the way that society has perpetuated this idea of like, well, you don't need a man and you don't need this. If we take it for what it's actually saying of like, oh, well, men are not part of your equation. Like, don't desire that. I don't think that's true. I'm not saying everyone's called to to be a wife or to be married, but the, the nature that women hold, let me say actually the mantle that women hold to be um, the people that get to bring life into this world, the people that get to be at the bride of Christ representation. Like that is such a beautiful calling. And that takes in this innate feature that God wove into us. And so I think we struggle with relationships because we know like, man, I am called to be, um, someone that loves well and like i want to love people i believe god put a specific light in your heart for a purpose for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can a light that is unique as the print on your finger and our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world everywhere you go you have a ministry You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it, be it, love people, be kind, honor them, honor yourself. This is made to shine. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Made to Shine. As you just heard in that introduction, we are in for such a treat. We have such a beautiful soul of a human being on with us today. We have Christian Bevere on with us. And as you all know, tuning in here at Made to Shine, we believe every single person has a ministry just preachers, not just pastors, but it's the way you go to class. It's the way you go to your job. It's the way you hang out with your friends on the weekend. It's just the way you shine your light and your love that was given to us by Jesus. And from afar, the reason I want a Christian on is because I have just been watching so much of her content the last couple of months, and she just had a book come out, and she is an amazing podcast, and and all she does, she shines her light, and she shines the heart of Jesus, and she shines her love, and it's so evident, not just through that, but being a wife and a mom and just all the hats she wears, um, that she carries that torch with her, and so wanted her on to shine some light on all things content of her new book, but also just what drives her, what motivates her. And so Christian, thank you so much for being on today. Randy, it's a joy to join you. Oh my gosh. And um, and I know I'm, I'm so excited to dive in. We're going to talk all things about your most recent book and, and just kind of your story, the why behind it. I know you said it is targeted for this younger generation, these younger girls. Um, but we've got to start off every Made to Shine episode. We start off the same way. And I know you don't know this going into it, but what is your favorite quote and why? All the favorite questions. You have a million in your mind in your your leisure time, right? And someone asks right. you, you're like, oh, I um, favorite quote I can think of. Oh, okay. There's one that I'm thinking of. It's not as um pink and like light. That's <laughs> a quote that I use in the book, and I'm not going to say it verbatim right here, but it's by C.S. Lewis, and he says that 
Oh, Annie, I've got to look it up because I can't look it up. Do you, you know, it's funny you're pulling a C.S. Lewis quote. I just finished Mere Christianity this morning. Mm, it's so good, isn't it? The way he articulates things that I feel like my entire life I've been trying to say this to my friends or like people that I know. And I'm like, he says this so easily right? about three words. Um, but he's always a good one to pull quotes from. He is. And the next book recommendation for you is I just finished Screwtape Letters by him. And I was so hesitant to read it because I was like, this is dark and scary. But it's so similar to mere Christianity in the way that he unveils that realm. And it's like empowering of like, oh, yeah, I know this. I can live in this authority. I can be aware of the lies and tactics of the enemy, which I share about in my book in a very different way. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be my next book recommendation to you. But okay. the quote is, C.S. Lewis wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And, and I've done so much self-probing and like research lately a world it's kind of languishing is a word that the bible uses in this post-covid like isolation self-idolization era we're in of like i have to feel my best and be my best and like be mm. the best and pain feels dismissive or if like perfection isn't on the table we think we are just worthless realizing like this man we're talking about it's a phenomenal author and just like has this this ease of the glory of god just revealed to him saying like hey pain is actually something when we're actually going through a hardship or we're encountering something painful from our past or we're just having a bad day like letting that be something that amplifies us to the word of god it doesn't only have to be the highs and the lows and, and the praise hands moment but like those hitting the knees moments too. Like those can be catalysts for some of the best moments of our lives coming from what feels like our lowest. Oh my gosh. It's so funny you you mention it and kind of frame it that way because I had a conversation with someone this morning and I, I talked through like a, a hard season that I went through at one point and I was like, you know, but at the very least, like I still looking back, I don't know exactly what came from that. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. we feel like we have to drive meaning from pain, like in the moment. But um, I was, I was talking to him and I was just like, at the very least it humbled me. And I think that any season of utter humility before God is never wasted, even if yeah. you don't know why. And um, going back to what you said, like we all have those moments, right? And we live in such a day and age where it's almost taken as a bad thing if you feel pain because no one else yeah. on the Instagram seems okay. to be feeling it. Yeah. yeah, you're like, okay. Um, but you know, you just wrote you just wrote this book, Break Up with What Broke You. And there's a line in it that says, To the girl I was in the past, I forgive you. And so will you take us back to the story of Christian and the most important parts of your story, the parts that you think deemed like worthy of forgiveness or needing forgiveness mm -hmm. that kind of led to this person I'm talking to today because a lot of people would look on your Instagram, all you're doing and be like, I can't relate to her. She's so perfect. Her life is so great. Like she has it all together. So can you speak to previous Christian and the story that got to this woman I'm speaking to now? Well, goodness. Yes, I can. And I apologize to the girl listening and being like, this girl's a negative Nancy. She's talking about pain and brokenness. Like, I don't know if I'm no, listening to I think she's I real. promise it gets better. <laughs> yeah, I 
I mean, I am in writing. I have this idea for, man, I want to have this message of hope and I want to encourage and I want to relate to, especially the girls looking at their role models and thinking, well, I can never achieve that. So what's the point? You know, I remember looking up for role models and thinking like, oh, I want to be like that. I want to look like that. I want to love like that person does. I want to carry myself that way. But something in the last maybe 10, five years, the mantle's kind of flipped to where we feel like we have to out people. We have to, um, almost at this comparison age, we have to bring them down to let what we're striving for be achievable. And I don't think that's the case. I think we actually can have our own self journeys of healing. We can have our own revelations and realizations and say like, I'm not perfect. So I, one, don't have to strive for perfection, but two, in that acknowledgement, it actually helps us to get over the, the mental hurdles and the real hurdles to become our best, not perfect again, but our best. And it takes that acknowledgement. So that's why I wrote this book of break up with what broke you, you know, especially the girls in high school can relate to this one. Like you're dating the guy you shouldn't be your best friend or your mom calls it out and you're like, no, no, it's good. I can fix him and all this stuff. And it gets to that moment where you're like, I gotta break up with this guy. What happens then you first have to know who you're breaking up with and you have to be brave enough to pull the trigger. And I think it's the same with the things in our lives, especially in our spiritual walk that try to break us, we have to know, man, I've been struggling with comparison. Man, I've been letting anxiety leave me. I've been letting regret and shame steer the trajectory of my life. Like when you have to identify it, because you can't break up with someone that you don't know their name. Hello. Unless you're ghosting them, which is a real thing, but I'm not, yeah, that doesn't really work from what I've heard. So you have to be able to break up with them. But uh, for me, going back to sorry, the real question you asked there, for me, I had that realization. For me, shame was a big one, where I just was constantly down on myself or thinking, "How come you don't look the best? How come you know you're not in this crowd or this guy doesn't like you or you're struggling with your self image?" Like, shame on you for feeling less than, and that just makes you feel even more less than. So there were some real challenges that I had to come against. Um, a lot of it was based in feeling like I needed to be seen and I wanted to be loved so bad that I was just chasing the wrong relationships and attention. That was very much a real factor, but the biggest, the most problematic response for me was just how I internalized everything I came up against in life, the good and the bad. And it was really this matter of if we boil it down to what it truly is, just trusting God and letting him have the final say in my life, not letting him just be my Sunday, feel better about myself or like, oh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm good, but I'm not fearfully and wonderfully chasing his word to be true in my life. So, and, you know, it's hard to say in just a, a few minutes. I really encourage anyone that even just feels like a spark from what I'm saying of like, oh, that might be easy to get the book and journey because it's really this peer-to-peer -peer relationship of like, let's mm -hmm. uncover anything that tries to break us have the power to confront it and then like move on because God does have a beautiful promise and redemption story over your life. Whether you're, you know, the saint that's only ever like cheated on one test or you're someone that you're like, no, God couldn't love me. No, I promise he has redemption written over your life if and when you're ready to embrace it. Amen. And, you know, you said like, if anyone has that little nudge, that inkling, I think 
to be able to say in hindsight, like I felt shame around all these areas. I know in my own life, like very similar to you, I grew up associating accomplishment with love. I felt like I had to accomplish my way to worth, whether that was body image or having the perfect boyfriend and personality and grades. And I think a lot of women fall into that trap. And I think what the biggest trap was of all was I didn't even realize it was a trap when I was going through it. So talk me through like when you were younger going through this experience, were you aware like, oh yeah, I, sh- I know I shouldn't be tying my identity into these things, but I am. Or was it, you know, you, in hindsight? And if so, like, how did you become aware that it was a problem? Because I think that's where a lot of young girls are. And that's the dangerous spot, right? It's like, they don't even know it's a problem to be associating their identity with these things. Yeah. And honestly, especially coming from a believing family, like I came from a great family. I was raised in the Bible Belt where we talked about Jesus. I knew who Jesus was, but it wasn't to the realm of he was completely Lord of my life because if you're saying it's a quicksand, like we have these inklings. And I think that was my awareness. Like I had just of like, maybe if this guy doesn't text me and I get up in out of shape, that's not right. <laughs> but not fully realizing, oh, this is because I am equating my worth, my success, my my image and how people see me is how lovable and worthy I am. I didn't have that grasp of reality until probably I'd say college or post-college, but I did have those inklings. And I think so, if we can tap into that of like, oh, there's this uncomfortableness and let that lead to either conviction or realization, we go to that place of, oh, I have this understanding because I've let God take um, something I've identified and grow it and reveal to me in only the way that he can. Uh, There's so many like self-studies and like trauma tests and whatever the personality traits are that try to do what only God can. But Mm. I think when we take those, those nudges of this is a sign to me and I, I'm ready to admit that this is a problem in my life. Like you're saying, success isn't a bad thing. Achievements are not a bad thing. But if we are completely undone, if we don't get that one job or we don't make an A plus on the test, like what are the indicators that maybe something's out of line or we're wanting too much control, too much validation, you know, whatever it is in your life or whoever's listening. Um, my indicators were in the relationship realm. Like if I just was completely changing my personality to try to get someone's approval, or if I was burying myself in something so much that I was isolating from everyone else, those were areas I was starting to realize like, oh, this, this isn't healthy and this isn't me. What mm. fully led to that realization was having the right community around me that would call out the gold in me, I like to say, of like speak to the things that are and are to be. And then getting in the moment with God of like, okay, well, if I'm feeling less than, if I'm feeling shame, like what do you say? Like how do you sort through all of this broken mess and like redeem it and show me the right parts to highlight. And that's something that only can happen when we go through a journey with him, not a quick fix. Like it's not a diet. You don't just take a pill and you're like, okay, we're all good. I detoxed and got that out. Like now like let him actually reform those things. Cause I'm sure in your own story, you had to learn how to, I mean, you're making this podcast, you do amazing things. How do you take that ambition that was a problem and make it powerful? That is so powerful because I think too, what you're speaking to is 
following Jesus and being ambitious, having goals, they're not opposites. They're not opposite of one another. It's figuring out how to like use these gifts he's given us to reflect back to the giver instead of glorifying ourselves, right? And I think that that's such a powerful message because, I mean, most young girls that tune into this, like they, they are faith-based, right? Like for the most part, people that turn into faith-based podcasts know Jesus to an extent. Um, that all to say, I think that there's a difference between believing in God and following him. And you alluded to that when you were in high school, like you came from a Christian family, similar to my story. Like I came from a, a Christian family, Bible Belt too, born and raised in Atlanta. Um, I didn't really start following Jesus until college. I believed in him. I went to church, but I didn't follow him. So talk me through like that, tra- like when is that happening? When did that, I am following you. When did that happen? And what were kind of like the practical measures that you took to make that transition? Whether or not you even realized you 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 were doing that. Yeah. We're so quick to follow our own will in more ways than we realize it. And sometimes when we're introduced to the Christian faith at a young age, it's easy to put that into um, a compliment who we are like oh i'm so and so and i'm a christian but we don't have the full gravity of like what does that mean what does it mean to take up our car our cross what does it mean to live in such a way where we have this like faith-based resilience you know if resilience is something we say look at people's fruit and it's like uh, patience and all of these beautiful attributes attributes and um sometimes i think it's easy but okay well i yes i was joyful on sunday and i was patient on monday and i was kind on this day but realizing okay if i'm following jesus and like having this real awareness of like are we actually probing our lives and like again having those people that not only call the gold out on you but call the stuff that you need to get out of the way as well like um i'm gonna be honest i'm married now <laughs> our before this podcast, I was having a conversation with my husband and he was calling out some things and at least one of them, I was like, yeah, you're right. I need to work on that. And I instantly knew that's because I'm not letting God into this area. I'm trying to control this. Like I'm trying to do this. And so having that right relationship with Christ, where it's not just something we know, but it's something we're actually involved in, like a real relationship takes, it's going to have the days where we're like, okay, I need to rebound. I need to get back with Christ. It's not, we figure it all out one day. And mm-hmm. I say that to encourage anyone that is like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not close with, with God right now. Maybe I haven't actually taken on the full awareness that this is a daily, meaningful, intimate relationship. Start now and like start continually. And it's, it's always just a getting back to him. And we talk about how we guard our heart. God wants our heart. He wants our yes. It's so different than um, our checklist and our perfectionism. And I feel like we're, we're kindred spirits here. Like I was a firstborn, <laughs> four daughters and just high achieving. And so it it's hard for me. It's still yeah. hard for me to separate um, the, the ambition and like the drive to succeed and do well in God's eyes. Like, Honestly, the verse, well done, good and faithful servant, is still hard for me to digest some days because I'm like, what if I'm not being a good servant? Like, it's not what I'm doing. It's what I'm being. And it's it's how connected I am. Does that make sense? Like, it is oh something gosh, we yeah, have it to did. I'm like, 
I'm suspended right now because um, I'm also one of four and I, 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 I just so relate to you in this regard. And that exactly that same verse, like, well done, good and faithful servant. That has always been, it makes me like, that makes me emotional. The thought of hearing that one day, cause I want it so bad, but then you're mm. also like, I find myself trying to strive for that in areas as opposed to just, you know. I guess my question here is how, like, to you, I'm so, this is a selfish question. I wasn't even planning on asking this, but are we allowed, do you think, to be proud of ourselves? Like, in the regard of things that we, like, you in this, is this new book, right? Like, is Christian allowed to be proud of herself or is that a bad thing? Because pride is bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I struggle with that. And I'm just curious what you think. No, I'm laughing because my, my mind's gone there too. So I know like where your head is at right now. I think proud is such an interesting word. And I think we're not supposed to be proud of ourselves, but we're proud of what we do with God. And there, it's a hard distinction. And to be honest, until a couple weeks ago, I had a hard time saying I was a creative because it came with this connotation of like, well, I make this and I'm better. And like, I'm artsy and all this stuff, but I was working on some things and projects around our house and I just stopped. I was like, I am creative. I love to do this and try this. And I work best when I'm creating. It doesn't mean look at me and what I create or I'm this personality or this aesthetic, but it's just, this is how I function. And this is when I feel like I'm in my realm to, to do things with ease. And for some people that could be like, you're great with children. You're great with finances. I do not understand how God wired some people that way, but I know he did. So <laughs> take it as a gift if you have that. But in um, part of that also was because some people were like had, had said things over me like, oh, well, you're just you're ambitious and you're like competitive and all this stuff. And like you, you know, whatever the negative connotations with our gifts are called and some of it could be okay, Annie, hey, you you need to learn when to scale back or you need to know when you're striving in your own effort or in God's will. And like, some of those are really key things we're aware of, but don't let that dismiss. And this is just me talking, it's not the same Lord moment, but I've found like, let's not let those barriers that are good, either said in the wrong way or in the right way, be impending the joy that comes with our giftings. Like, mm -hmm. let's revel in, the fact that while well, God's using just small little me to to make something that is amazing. It's not that, oh, I made this and it's amazing and it's better than someone else's and my reel went viral and someone else's. Like, let's not be heady about what we do, but let's be proud in the way of like, I see we all and I see that this took God putting something in me and I'm going to be so thankful for that. I saw something the other day that said, um, anxiety and gratitude the places that they fit in our in our brain they cannot coexist at the same time and you know this isn't research enough i, I want to look more into it but i think if we also entertain gratitude we can't be greedy or like prideful so mm. i would say we can be proud of what we do but maybe not proud of like us at least isolated us like if I'm saying, hey, I, I wrote a book and I'm so proud of it because I know how long it took. I know that God did a lot of healing and, and journeying in that. And like, glory be to him because he brought me to the finish line. Like, I'm so proud and I don't want to dismiss something because that also feels wrong, you know? Yeah. But I don't want to be like, oh, I wrote a book and it's all done. <laughs> 
there's just a fine line and it's different for everyone. And I think having that keen gratitude and awareness of what our limits are. That's I love that. Do you, uh, do you know who Ben Stewart is? Yes. I read his book when Arden and I were dating. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. And we're going to, we're going to talk about dating and boys because we've got to, um, for my young girls out there, but Ben Stewart, I was listening to a sermon. I love him. And I was listening to a sermon he was talking about, and it was kind of on this topic. It was about arrogance, all the jazz. And he quoted a movie. I don't know what movie it is, but I need to look it up because I need to watch it. But it was this sprinter. He's like one of the best sprinters in the world. And he had this line, I'm going to botch it. But he was talking to his wife and he was just like, Jenny, when I run fast, I feel God smiling and I feel his pleasure in me. And so that's why I run fast. And I totally botched that movie line. So anyone who has seen this movie is going to be like, that is not right, sister, but whatever. Um, but all that to say along those lines, it's just, I feel like when I'm writing, I'm sure you can relate to this when I'm writing or doing stuff like this, right? It's like, I just, I feel so joyful because I feel God's pleasure in this. And I've, at least for me up until this point and for any girl listening, like that's really been my litmus test is like, does it feel like it's something that's bigger than myself and that goes back to him? Because um, we all were given gifts, right? Some of us speak really well. We write really well. We're good at finance. I was not given that gift. But, you know, we're good at all these things. And it's like, how are you glorifying that back to the ultimate giver? Um, and I love that. And, and love how you've been doing that with your book and your podcast. And so to shift gears a little bit, because... When um, yes, yes. I had you on, I know you have your Dear Future Husband podcast. You wrote the book, Break Up With What um, with what Broke You. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about just putting your worth in dating and guys. And I think a lot of girls, I did this as a young girl, and it's a constant struggle. I'm curious, like, just to take a step back, why do you think that women as a whole like we put our worth in so many different avenues, but specifically relationships. Like, why do you think that's such a, a a raw spot for women in regards to how we identify ourselves with boyfriends, husbands, engagement, all the sorts? Quite frankly, because we were created to love and to be loved. Mm -hmm. And in our society today, there's been so many ways to want to steal that gift. Like I could go on and on, and this is a little off topic, but the way that society has perpetuated this idea of like, well, you don't need a man and you don't need this. If we take it for what it's actually saying of like, oh, well, men are not part of your equation. Like don't desire that. I don't think that's true. I'm not saying everyone's called to, to be a wife or to be married, but the, the nature that women hold, let me say actually the mantle that women hold to be uh, the people that get to bring life into this world, the people that get to be at uh, the bride of Christ representation, like that is such a beautiful calling. And that takes in this innate feature that God wove into us. And so I think we struggle with relationships because we know like, man, I am called to be, um, someone that loves well and like i want to love people the timing the control the nuances that's where it gets weedy but you know i i don't want people to think gosh i just i want to love someone and and i want this i don't want to be um this damsel in distress image of like do you need to go check on him you can dad's got him right now okay so we're just gonna press easier 
Um, <clears throat> sorry, let me reel back in here. Yeah, I don't want anyone to think like, oh, well, I can never date or I have to do this or I have to be the successful girl boss first because that's where I get my worth. Where the pendulum's kind of swung, I think, in the last decade or so because. <laughs> this I, mean, is you real life. I love yeah, this. Yeah. I love this it. This is real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the pendulum swung of like, well, get your worth here and, and get your worth in this and like be this person. You don't need this. The reality is there's going to be so many boxes that we're tempted to like put our worth in. And I think our enemy often takes either a um, copy of what is a good thing or uses an actual good thing to try to tempt us away. I and mean, we see this in the wilderness mm -hmm. when Jesus is tempted. He takes the very word of God, manipulates it to try to get God to work or to get Jesus to work outside of the word of God. Like that's so weird when we think about it. He's gonna take the very thing he wants him to stay away from to try to get him away from it. Yeah. And so if we take that, okay, he wants us to mess up in relationships, put our worth in relationships so we don't have good relationships. It's such a um a sneaky tactic, but it's very true to the nature. And I think, you know, the reason that we're seeing um sexuality and identity and all this be attacked is because like God has a promise for healthy, healthy sex life. He has a promise for uh, this intimate relationship with husband and wife, and he has a promise for family. And sometimes, or oftentimes he has a unique one for you listening. And so if, if the enemy, if I were the enemy, I would say, well, let me just take that promise and, and, do a cheap substitute for it early. Like, let me say, I'm just going to keep picking on you, Annie. I'm so sorry, mm -hmm. but you're right here in front of me. But like, pick on me. I'm here. My bright. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Annie, there's this amazing husband that God wove for you. And like this, this dynamic, that's just going to only heighten who you are and the worth that God's given you. Let me just try to put this like fake relationship right in front of you or, or get you to settle or, you know, something that's just going to steal you away right before you encounter the very thing that God's promised and written over your life. And I think that is why if we're made for relationship, and sometimes that's also friendship, family relationship, let's take negative versions of that to make you think, oh, well, well, maybe I'm just not called to this, or maybe I'm too selfish. Maybe I'm not going to be a good wife. Maybe I can never be a mother, right? Like these are the very things that I think the enemy is trying to get us to go after. So I wanted to be loved so bad. And, you know, I made mistakes. I, I, I made excuses for people. I could go on and on, but we don't have time for all of that. But I remember being engaged to my husband and just remembering like, wow, you wrote this promise over my marriage and I'm seeing that coming about and, and I'm seeing you write this. Oh, oh no, but I've messed up. I can't receive what you've, what you've given me. Like you must've made a mistake here. And it's just that reality of like, God promises us something. And if the enemy can get us to settle or go off course, he's gonna either completely lead us on a different trajectory or just try to get us to shame ourselves so much that we are not walking in that true worth, in that true identity. And mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful that, that God does go after the night, or he leaves the night nine to go after the one. And he mm -hmm. is a God that just so gently reminds us, not like, hey, let me let me course correct and go through all this filth that you've been into your life. Like, no, it's just this prodigal son moment of like, return back to me. Let's get back on track. Let me remind you of the worth I've already given you, of the mantle I've already bestowed, the way I see you. And 
I'm just, I'm so passionate about it because like I said, I have three younger sisters and (laughs) there's so much of the faith walk where it's sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes Mm -hmm. things don't go as expected, but the temptation is just to, to settle and to go off course. But God's always saying, I have a promise and I have a plan. And I want anyone listening to remember that. And, um, you know, if you've made mistakes to get back to that, or if you're just tempted to lose hope, like just remember and, and speak to your soul, like David did it, you can do it. Wow. That's so good. And I, I wish I could just like, um, I wish there was a button, not a button. I wish there was a filter and it was like, this is God's promise. This is not God's promise. But we know like the world isn't that black and white, right? It's a little bit gray. So talk to me through, what does it feel like for you when you're living in something that you believe to be God's promise? Like when you met your husband, what that felt like versus a duplicate from the enemy versus a copy? Mm, Yeah, that's such a good question. Because I felt honestly really silly talking about relationships at first because I had a long relationship prior to meeting my husband where I was like, oh, I'm going to marry this guy. Like, he's great. And then in hindsight, when I did meet my husband and I had the right piece of like, oh, no, this is my husband. So completely starkly different. But in mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But in those moments, my emotions felt the same. Like I said them both like, oh yeah, I could ignore this guy, this guy's great. But what the difference was is having, I think the, the groundedness in Christ. And I, and I know I probably sound like a broken record, but the Lord's peace feels different than the peace we try to counterfeit ourselves. And we try to like muster up like, in other relationships, we can think, oh, I really love this person about this I really love this about this person and they make me feel this way. And so it's like all these like good emotions and hormones and intentions even. But when we are in a relationship with the right person, and maybe it's not relationship, it's something else, but it is God's peace and his blessing. It feels effortless. It feels like we can back it up by his word too. Like if we're trying to say, if we're trying to convince ourselves that something is God's plan, not God's plan, like when it is, we just think, oh my, like there's no doubt about this. And I'm not saying that that means everything's going to be easy in that season. Like you probably know this too from like doing projects with God. It's not always easy, but you feel like this peace following you. Yes, you feel the assurity that even when times are hard, like there's a purpose behind it. The things I've tried to do myself, like I can tell now, especially that I was like, oh, I was, I was trying to force that, or I was trying to tell myself that was the right decision. That was the right person. So for me, it's only been through trial and error and I don't want that for everyone, (laughs) but like, I know what it feels like to be wrong. And I know what it feels like to be right. And the more I lean into that, the more I have security around it in future decisions. So what I would encourage someone with that practically is like, do that in the everyday. Sometimes we wait to the big moments of like, is this the guy? Is this the job? And it's, it, it's high stakes. So what if we do that every day? Like, well, well Lord, what are you calling me to today? Oh, I, I feel like I'm supposed to just like go say hey and encourage that person. Sometimes, okay, I really just wanted to, to be a good Christian today. And that wasn't like you leading me. I was just trying to do it myself, right? Like, let's do the small moments. And this, the daily yeses with God. So in the big moments, we're not falling on our face and having learned the hard way. 
Oh my gosh. It's, I was, so speaking of quotes um, from earlier, I, there's a quote this morning that I loved. It was from some pastor, I can't remember, out in LA, but he said, greatness isn't built in a day, it's built daily. And I thought about that, like, it's kind of like your relationship with God. Like your relationship with God isn't built in a day, it's built daily. It's like, how do you constantly go back to him, constantly seek him and in everything that you do, right? And your conversations at the beach, at your job, whatever, whatever have you. And, um, and so I think that's so powerful and so powerful in the intention. And I know we're coming up on time here. The last thing I really want your expertise and your value on is something I've just heard is there's a common phrase, I feel like in the Christian community for women that maybe aren't married yet, right? Like they're young, they're in their twenties, they want to be married, but they're not. And it's like this idea, well, God's like holding out your husband from you until you're you're complete with him. You've got to be complete on your own with God before your husband. And and yes, that is I mean, I agree with that absolutely to an extent, but I think sometimes people who haven't had that yet look at it as like God's punishing them in a way. Like their relationship with God isn't good enough yet for a husband yet. So, how would you speak to those women or that group of of individuals that that's feeling that way or has been told that before? Yeah, I'm. I want to apologize to any of those women that feel like they are wrong, they're doing something wrong, or they're less than than someone else. I never think that that's God's heart. I think we are so accustomed to timing not being a factor in our everyday lives. Like timing is the same across the spectrum for for you, your neighbor, your girlfriend. We all have 24 hours in the day, right? So when it comes to when God brings things into our lives, it can easily feel like, oh, my best friend's engaged and she just got married and like she's already pregnant. How is that all happening for her? If it's not happening for me, it's because X, Y, and Z. But if we were able to take this, this godly scope, which we can't because we're not all seeing and all knowing, we would see like what God puts on the map is happening it just might not be happening at the same time so it can just feel i understand that i get it and i know like yes i'm married with a baby now but i remember being the friend that was single at my friend's wedding and being the bridesmaid and just wondering like am i gonna meet the guy and the answer to myself was like yes you will but it's just not today but it could be tomorrow it could be a year from now and that's not a fun answer i know that but I don't want women to see their worth as being less than because of their status. Uh, I would encourage someone that if that is where you're putting your own worth or you are thinking, well, I can only do so much until I meet that person. Like what I, I have a tactic that I did when I was single is called um, the husband's Bible. I share a little bit about it on uh, my pages and on the Dear Future Husband podcast, hence the name Dear Future Husbands, because I would write letters to my future husband. I would write pray verses over him. And it one was a great way for me to remember like my love story is unique. And yes, I want things to happen like tomorrow. But nonetheless, it's not worth me comparing someone else's timeline or, or who they're with and just like ideating about that like i'm gonna pray into what is already mine what again what god's promised for me specifically um so it was a very tangible reminder that but then two it also led me to pray powerful prayers and i'm gonna be honest and some of the most powerful prayers i have prayed over my husband to this day 
or in that single time because I had this posture and heart and um, when we were engaged, actually probably when we were married, he was recounting, you know, some stuff as you do, you're spending your life together. Like, oh yeah, this happened when I was this age. And uh, there was a time where I was praying over his integrity and just like, it felt like he was getting attacked. Again, hadn't met Arden yet, didn't know anything, but just came to this verse and felt like, okay, Lord, you want me to pray this over my future husband? And it lined up with a time when he was going through something really tough in his life. And so imagine you're a single woman, you get to intercede for your husband. Yes, your husband needs your prayers, but even when he's not your husband, he can use your prayers. So I think if we can shift the mindset of, well, it's because I'm incomplete that I haven't met the one, like, no, let me be the most complete version Mm -hmm. of myself and go ahead and step into that mantle. If I'm believing that God's called me to be a wife, I'm going to be a wife today. Mm -hmm. That means I'm not going to settle for anyone less because they're not my husband. That means I'm going to take on this mission with my partner. And it just like, it still gets me fired up because it just made such a difference in who I said yes to going on dates with, how I spent my nights. I mean, first times it felt so stark, Annie, like there was weeks where I didn't hang out with anyone that night. Like I'm going to go do my Bible time. And then I'm going to do my husband Bible time and just like, I want to pray for him. And I it's love just that. a subtle shift, but I hope people take that. Oh my gosh. No, it's, I love that so much. I'm like the song, I just haven't met you yet by Michael Bublé is like playing yes. in my head right now, but it's so true. And, and just as a personal testament, um, I love that practice. So I myself, 25 years old, single. And like, I heard that from a preacher a while ago and I started doing that this past year okay. and it's game changer and I write letters to myself and like my future wife self and like praying for her and you know all that to say there's this phrase I because you know you go through seasons where you like try so hard and then you're like I'm done with this and that's just dating culture but I started this phrase it's like God I'm not giving up but I'm giving it up and I feel like that's a, it's a, it's a mindset shift. It's like, I'm not giving up over here, but I'm giving it up to the one who ultimately will put this timeline together. And so to echo everything you're saying, I love that. I love specifically what you mentioned about, you know, making sure you're not putting your worth in that place. Cause that just goes back into everything we've been saying. And, um, Christian, this has just been such a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I want to know, like, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find the book and any like last messages you would talk to that girl who's like has that inkling in regards to why she should pick up this book tune into the podcast your future husband oh yeah Annie, thank you for having me on it's just such a joy to chat with you i love girl time i have boys in my world so i love the estrogen moment but i'm christian bevere so christianbevere.com uh the handle was taken so on instagram i'm mrs christian bevere uh if you can spell any of that and then um, the book's called Break Up With What Broke You. I would just encourage anyone. Oh, and the Dear Future Husband podcast. Simon. You can probably hear my son screaming through half this episode. But <laughs> Dear Future Husband podcast is the podcast where we talk about relationships and, and praying and believing for um, that God-ordained relationship. And I would just encourage anyone, you know, just what I feel right now is to hear that you are loved. Like, I don't know you, but I love you. And I know that the Lord sees you that way too. So if you're questioning, if you're lovable, I promise you are. And if you want a peer to journey with on like this healing, godly relationship, whatever journey, like I'd love to be your friend. I love it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out all the resources Christian just mentioned, and we'll see you next time on the next episode. Thanks so much, everyone.
Hey friend, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me, hang out with my guests and listen all the way through. Hey, listen, before you log off, I have an ask for you. I'm not very good at asking people for things, so really putting my foot forward here and asking that if this podcast has in any way, shape, or form helped you, helped your friends, helped your family, helped your spirit, helped your soul, helped your mind, helped your body, helped your heart, would you please, for your friend Annie, leave a review, leave a comment, put some stars out there, be honest, of course, but it would really help me out if you would like and review this podcast, especially if it's made any sort of impact in your life so that it can then go forth and help whoever else God needs to hear this message. I'm sending you love. I'm cheering for you, rooting for you. Let's go have an awesome day.